Hey everyone, this is Eric, and welcome to the CBC Podcast, Behind the Pulpit. This Sunday, we continued our series called Soul Keeping, and Pastor Donna gave a message titled, The Soul Needs a Center. Today, I'll be joined by Donna and Brandon to discuss Sunday's message. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Thanks for listening. All right, well, I'm here with uh, Donna and Brandon. It's good to have you both here. Thanks. Good to be here. Yeah. I'm happy to be here. Welcome back, Brandon. I know it's been a little while. <laughs> yeah, it's weird being behind this microphone again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Donna, um, thanks for giving the message, uh, the sermon this mm-hmm. Sunday, and the title was The Soul Needs a Center. And I just thought as we start off on this one, uh, because it's the topic of itself is so nuanced and, and it can be challenging, just to kind of uh, summary, give us a little summary on, on what does it mean for our soul to need a center? And um, what does that look like? Um, I think that the idea of being our soul being integrated and all the parts of us connected so that the things we think and feel and want are connected to the ways we act and behave and having a center and having all those things integrated. um, I think that's the idea of having a soul that has a center is we do what we want to do. We think and feel the way we want to think and feel and we're able to follow Jesus with a whole heart and not follow after other things and get distracted by other things. Um, I think I saw that really clearly when I was doing the, and I kind of use this as a, an illustration when I was doing the first man movie this past summer in our CBC at the movies. And I think I picked up the book soul keeping while I was finishing up that sermon. Hmm. And I realized oh, I'm talking about everything we're going to talk about in this series later. Um, maybe I shouldn't talk about it, but then I realized nobody's going to remember the, <laughs> the movie series by the time we get to the sermon. But yeah, just that whole idea of the first man and the astronaut and um, his inability to process through his grief and to develop relationships and to connect with people. Um, for me, that was such a striking picture of a soul that was not centered. Um, and I think a lot of us are like that. And after I did that message on first man, a lot of people talked to me and said, oh, you were talking directly to me. I could see myself in that. So I feel like for a lot of us, that's that's a difficult issue is is feeling centered about our lives. So I, I've well, I read the book, but not very carefully. So I'm coming <laughs> at this a little fresher than, than you guys are. So is it possible to have a soul centered not on God or is God implicit in that? Like if everything is aligned, but it's not, is that even possible? Or, or is, does it have to be like God is the center and your everything else is aligned around that? I think it's possible, but it's not satisfying because God created us to find our center in him. So you can be wholehearted, you know, in the family or work or whatever it is, but, you know, not have the impact you want to have or not have things work out the way you want them to work or to be f- to feel as good about it as you think you should because we were created to find our center in God. So for the person who's thinking like, well, I I do what I want and everything's aligned, but that's outside of kind of God's leading in their life. The suggestion for them would be to to move God more into the center and let that flow out into everything Mm -hmm. else they do yeah because i'm my guess is that even though you feel like your life is aligned and you have a center and everything's going okay 
there's something underlying mm, that everything yeah. is not really okay, you know, and that putting God at the center is what brings things together. I guess that's the assumption of the book or yeah. just scripture, right? Uh-huh. That like it only works if God's at the center. Yeah. Okay. Because you could be a terrible and evil person and feel very centered in your <laughs> pursuit of, you know, yourself and your own status and everything and feel really good about that. But things aren't working out so well somewhere. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's a, a, a great question is just, you know, I'm sure there are some who assume that God is their center. Right? Mm-hmm. We've been taught it, we think it, we go to church on Sundays. Um, how, do, how do we know? And I know you talked about it a little bit, but what, what would be some of the indicators that, you know what, maybe it's not centered on, you know, on God as much as I thought it was? Um, what would you say to that? I think maybe to look at our choices and our relationship with God, you know, our prayer life or, you know, devotional life. Um, yeah, what do we choose, you know, when there's the choice between, you know, doing something, loving people and and not or something. Um, one of the things I was thinking about a lot, and I was going to talk about it, but I ended up cutting it out, was for a lot of us, our center really is our family. It's like we do everything, you know, especially if you have kids, mm-hmm. like that's your whole center. But and you feel like you're you want them to grow to love God. And but a lot of the choices you make are, you know, for basketball or school or grades or achievement or winning or something that's not really godly, you know. So kind of just to look at the choices you make and the choices you don't make, maybe. Hmm. You have any thoughts on that, Brandon? Yeah, no, I, I just thought that was a good question, so I'm I'm processing through it, and just that whole idea that w- that we just talked about, right? That if your your soul is designed to have God at the center, then just naturally the result of Him not being there is like you're gonna feel dissatisfied, right? I mean, it's that whole like you're gonna have a divided soul, like that should that should just naturally flow out of the less God's at the center, the more divided you are because your soul was designed to have God there, Mm -hmm. right? And I think most of us settle for less than feeling satisfied and Mm -hmm. full and whole and integrated and, you know, having, like, a center. We just settle for things are okay. Um, And I think maybe that's an indication, too, that God's not at the center is you're not really excited or passionate about God and the things of God. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because I've been kind of wrestling with that, too, in terms of, you know, the idea of being satisfied, being content, being happy. And and sometimes we don't know what we don't know, right? So, yeah. like, you know, if, if I'm in Hawaii sitting by the pool and the palm trees and the ocean and the breeze, I feel very satisfied, you know? And in that moment, it's like, well, am I satisfied because God is my center and he, you know, he provided and I'm trusting or am I satisfied right now because of my circumstances, you know, and I think, um, you know, it's, it's that challenge too. Like, I think you're, I mean, at any given moment, it's hard to gauge, but I think over time, you know, there's probably indicators, right. Of, Mm. Hey, I'm I'm missing something. I'm, I'm always pursuing, always chasing the next thing, you know, versus having that, satisfaction con- continuously. 
but it's great. I mean, it's great for that we can talk about it because I think, you know, even as I'm thinking about it, it's like, yeah, how how, how does that how does that work? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel like, I mean, I'm probably gonna share more about this, so not to give too much away, but just the whole idea of sabbatical, right, and the value of whether it's a three month sabbatical or just a weekly Sabbath, whatever that practice is that allows you to 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 place God at the center very intentionally it's like almost immediately like as soon as sabbatical started within that first week and you know really kind of stepped away from a lot of just kind of just being in the routine of life and and really kind of spending more time praying and and spending time with God it was immediately clear to me how like disjointed my life was and how, how many different parts of it were like like I almost didn't understand some of the feelings that I had had just a week before or, you know, a month before, like, like, why do I feel that way? Why was I mad about that? Or why am I so frustrated by yeah. this? And in the moment, you know, be- before that, I, thought, I just thought I was normal. I thought everything was fine. But then when you step out of that and, and you really like allow that space, at least for me, it was jarring. Mm. Like, Wow things things aren't okay and so i think those those practices yeah again whether it's sabbath or just making space to step away from those things is is really important because otherwise you just like you said right you're just kind of in it and you don't really know that, that anything's wrong so yeah yeah and going back to your your example of being on the beach and you know, being on vacation and just feeling really satisfied. I think part of being centered on God is that our thoughts then immediately go to thank you, Jesus, or you know, some sense of gratitude or God's blessing or God's presence. Um, I think it's when we're just satisfied because good things happen that's different from being centered on fully centered on God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm going to be talking about gratitude in a couple of weeks, so that's, oh, why, okay. <laughs> that's why that came to mind as I'm already thinking about oh, that. Oh, that's so unlikely. <laughs> unlike you to be thankful for stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, go back to that a little bit, Brandon, in terms of you know your sabbatical. Because mm-hmm. um, I think what you said, it, it's so powerful to hear it and then to, but for you know the, the average person to navigate, like what, what was it, right, that you go into the sabbatical, and yes, it's restful, but what were some of the questions you were asking? What were some of the indicators that you began to see? Like, hey, maybe things aren't as good as I I, I thought it was. So, just anything you could share on that, I think, gives a lot. Of, will give a lot of insight in terms of, yeah, what are the questions we should be asking ourselves? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether in times of Sabbath or just kind of whenever. Right. Well, I mean, I think a big part of it is to embrace. I think the the fuller picture of what Sabbath is designed for. Mm. So I've always practiced Sabbath. So I thought like, I'm, this is a value for me. It's something that I do. But for me, Sabbath was very centered around just the idea of like resting, you know, like, so I, I don't work one day a week and then I'm like, okay, good. Like I'm, I'm recovering, you know what I mean? And, and I think that's good. And, and I value that, but there's this much larger picture of, like not working, but also kind of seeking out God's voice and listening for God. And also just kind of, I think, stepping away from, and again, I don't know how possible this is in a day. It, it, 
it makes more sense over a longer period. But I think mentally and emotionally stepping away from all that stuff and, and mm. just kind of letting it go a little bit. And so, yeah, it was just kind of that first week. I mean, I was, I was just reading a lot and praying a lot. I was reading through Psalms and reading a book on, um, <laughs> I was reading a book on this pastor who kind of lost it. <laughs> <laughs> and so he needed to go on sabbatical and, uh, it was resonating with me a little too much. <laughs> But anyway, you know, I mean, a lot of it was just, I think, just being really intentional. I'm not like a journaler, but I I journaled during Sabbath. And so that kind of helped a little bit. And I was just, and it was weird. I I, I wish I could give more specific stuff, but it was like this epiphany, you know, like, wow. I feel so different about everything from with this distance. And I think a lot of it is God speaking into it, but it is that. I just don't know that we ever make time to just really kind of pause and reflect on, on what we're doing and, and how things are going. So, um, I don't know for me, it's being outside too. I was like sitting in this park <laughs> by myself, like some creeper. It was, <laughs> that was so hard for us about getting used to like, I just go to park and sit under a tree. <laughs> Your little kids stay away from <laughs> yeah, exactly. that guy over there. I always sat far away from the playground. Cause like, guys, I'm not, I'm not a weirdo. I just want to read this book and I can't go home because my kids are there. <laughs> but yeah, I think like just self-reflection and, and kind of asking yourself, you know, like where am I at and, and what does God want to say? And, um yeah and, and and making making time for longer periods of rest i think is good yeah yeah thanks so much for sharing and i know we we got to talk more about it and i think it's such a powerful thing that you described you know i know it's your experience and you might look at it as like well i just took a sabbatical and that's what happened but um you know i think there's something powerful just even being able to pause and genuinely asking the question right like how am i doing mm-hmm. yeah. right and orberg makes this distinction in the book of like when you when you talk to the soul you're you know it's like you're viewing yourself in the presence of god versus self it's like not in the presence of god and, and you know practically i'm like i don't know how that distinction works mm-hmm. but that idea of like asking ourselves how are we doing but from god's perspective right yeah. trying to be as objective as we possibly can because it's, it's easy to be subjective obviously is such a powerful thing. Just yeah. even be able to pause and ask ourselves a question. And then what you described too, Brandon, and just secondly, being able to step away from maybe some of those things that have begun to consume us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're fortunate where we have a, a, a career, a job where we can do that in c- certain seasons of our life, but that discipline nonetheless, mm-hmm. right? Of like, Hey, you know, I'm really consumed with fill in the blank mm-hmm. to be able to step away from that. Um, would be huge. And, and, you know, and for some people, it's like, well, it's how do I step away from my job? And, and maybe it's more complicated. But I think a lot of times, too, the things that consume us aren't necessarily the big things, too. It could mm-hmm. be the basketball. It could be the kids' activities. It could be, you know, certain friendships, relationships. And yeah. it's such a, a hard thing to do. But as we're talking about, it's so necessary, so helpful. Yeah, I think it's helpful, too, just because we live so much according to what's expected of us and what people see and what we want people to see. And so to be able to take time away when you're not seeing all those people that expect things of you, I think that's helpful. 
Yeah, I'm kind of, uh, you know, I'm getting ready for the message this Sunday, and um, the idea of soul needs rest, mm. right? And is that what you're speaking on this week? Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Oh, okay, then great plug. Yeah, yeah <laughs> listen yeah. to the message on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm asking you guys questions so you can <laughs> give me go. the content. <laughs> Um, I'm not sharing on Sunday, man. Don't ask me. <laughs> yeah, I asked him to share last week. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, but there was too much going on in the service, so we decided. I was gonna say no anyway. Yeah, <laughs> just gonna play plays recording. I pulled the plug before he said no. <laughs> That's funny, but um, yes, yeah, you know, I've been. Even, I, I wrestled with the same thing of what does my weekly Sabbath look like, and uh, to be honest, I was in here yesterday in the office yesterday trying to like do that you know and i know the idea of being in the office is kind of weird itself yeah. but you know i just came to this realization of like you know there's this part of sabbath that is hard mm-hmm. there's this part of like rest that jesus invites us to that is hard mm-hmm. right and you know i read the passage of like come to me all who are weary and you know when i think of rest i i think of you know, a lot of things where i'm relaxing on my couch <laughs> vacation and you know, there's this idea where you look at Jesus. And that's not necessarily, like, it may involve that, but it's not the rest that Jesus is, like, referring to, right? Yeah. And I think there is this rest that we need that is hard in kind of the soul, you know, centering on God, considering the health of our soul that requires a lot of of work. Mm-hmm. And we don't oftentimes talk about in, like, faith, di- you know, language or in verbiage, but as we are self-experiencing, you know, Brandon, you shared, I think, Donna, you're talking about just, you know, there is this, it's a, it's a challenge mm-hmm. and it's hard and it's not just going to come easy or naturally. It is something we have to intentionally do. And we're kind of each at our own, we have a unique responsibility to kind of discover how we do that. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not a good adventure. It's both fun, not fun, but it's hard. But there also is this adventurous side of like, it's not like a cookie cutter program that each one has to do. It's mm-hmm. kind of discovering what that looks like for ourselves. Yeah, yeah for sure. Like as sabbatical progressed, I, I realized that my idea of kind of what those like, you know, there'd be some days where I'd just be home with the family, but there'd be these longer days where I'd go out and be really intentional with my time. And yeah, I, at the end of the day, I, I, I didn't really know what that was supposed to look like at first. And mm-hmm. so that's why I was sitting under trees at the park because like, well, this is seems very restful. But over time, it kind of developed and, and you do have to think about it and think about what works and what doesn't work. And, um, you know, you're, you're there's part of you that always wants to be productive. And so it's balancing, not trying to just do stuff, but also recognizing that there are things that we can do in times of rest that make it more restful hmm. if that makes sense so yeah, yeah. so kind of coming out of the sabbatical having gone through what what you experienced are there things now that you're planning to incorporate into your rhythm that maybe pre-sabbatical you were like i, I ne- i'd never do this or i don't like doing that or i'm not that kind of person that now you're like you know what <laughs> yeah are there yeah. anything like that yeah for sure um I don't want to say this with her present, but I think <laughs> no. I think my mom was right about the value of solitude. <laughs> I, I mean, I always knew it was good, and I like solitude. I just didn't like the way she described it, like going to like a flower garden or something. But you know, you have to figure out your own way of doing this. And yeah. what I found on sabbaticals, like the the best days for me, 
is I would um, go down to the beach and I'd go for a long run and I'd mm. just kind of run as long as I could. And you know, I'd have worship music on. And I mean, that's just for me, those, those were, that was just the best way to start my day. And then I'd, you know, go over and sit in a coffee shop or a, or a brewery or, and just sit and read and, and journal, have a couple books I was reading or read, read scripture and just kind of, kind of sit. It, it helped for me to be outside. And I think that was really big. And so I realized, and, and I was thinking about that. I, like I could do this once a week, you know, mm. like I could wake up early and go for a run, go sit and have coffee and then come into work, you know, like it, it doesn't take that much out of me. And so I think being outside and, and making time, um, for that, uh, I was just telling you, Eric, that I, I, I bu- just bought a new mountain bike because I lost my other one. And even that, like I realized mm. like being outside and, and either running or biking like that, I think that's good for my soul. I, I really mm-hmm. do. And that's exactly the way I described it when I was telling Alyssa is like, for me, that kind of activity is, is really like, is really nourishing. Um, and then the other thing too, is I, I really got into like, we, we, Alyssa and I, we kind of fixed up our, our backyard a little bit. I started doing a bunch of little projects around the house, which I'm, I've always been terrible at. I've always been the worst husband when it comes to being like <laughs> a man about stuff. <laughs> but I found that it was really healthy for me to have parts of my life where you can like just like have, be fulfilled. Like you do something and it's done. Mm. You know, ministry is interesting mm. in that you never finish, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You can never just say, that's it. I did it <laughs> right. Yeah. Like even after a service, it's like, Oh, this could have gone better or I got to do it again next week. But you know, when you, you know, when you do a project or when you, you mow your lawn, you can look at it and say like, that looks good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's going to grow again, I'll yeah, it again. Yeah. but it's, it's done right mm-hmm. now. And I can yeah. sit and enjoy, you know, the labor of my hands, you know? And so even in the past couple of weeks since I've been back, um, Alyssa and I have just continued to be like, okay, what's next? And, and kind of kept working on projects. And I realized how fulfilling that is for me to um, kind of have moments where it's like, oh, a success. You know, I did mm-hmm. it. And so those are two things that I'm really trying to carry into um, just my normal routine. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, I just think it just made me a healthier person and um, was good for my soul. Yeah. Oh, thanks so much for sharing that. Kind of on that. Because you talked about some really cool things that you discovered that you're like, hey, I want to, I need this. Are there things that you tried where you're like, uh, <laughs> I'm good. And, and the reason I ask is because I think there's something powerful in the discovery, in the experimenting, you know. So, you know, just to kind of, these things work for you, maybe not might not work for somebody else, but are there other things that you tried where, you, you know, know. I mean, there was nothing that was like, I, I really can't do this. The whole like s- sitting in the park thing, it was, <laughs> I, I never really like got into a rhythm with that. Um, I, I honestly, I had a hard time just kind of like sitting mm. kind of anywhere. Like if I was like, like at a coffee shop or somewhere, like I needed some kind of activity, whether it's reading or like, and I, and I think that's something to work on more so than, something I don't want to do is like just kind of being still 
and like sitting with God, that was, that was challenging. Mm-hmm. And so I think figuring out a way to do that. And, and to me, maybe it's not for me, maybe like when I run, like mm-hmm. that's kind of what I'm, what I'm going for. And maybe I'm just a fidgety person, <laughs> <laughs> but for, yeah. So for me, that kind of like stillness kind of thing was, was kind of challenging. Um, other than that, no, I mean, I realize I, I can't really like afford to do it all that much, you mm-hmm. know, like, like in terms of actual finances, like <laughs> you can't go buy like three cups of coffee or two beers or something. <laughs> it's like every, you do that every week. It's a lot of money. So, um, but no, overall, I honestly, like just being intentional and you, you just do it, even if it's not perfect, it was still valuable. I was always kind of glad I did it. I don't think I ever came home from like a day and just said, oh, that was a waste or, mm. you know, but I think it, it just kind of naturally led me to things I, I enjoyed a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I just wanted to highlight that just that season of, of experimenting, trying different things, mm-hmm. you know, knowing that, okay, there's, there's something going on in the soul that, you know, I want God to address and, and just this willingness to try. And it wasn't a formula. It wasn't this one book that told you how to do everything, but actually right. going out there, you know, I mean, putting yourselves in positions that maybe have been uncomfortable, you know, mm-hmm. but to kind of come away with the discoveries you did, I think it's so practical for all of us right. you know, to be able to do that. Um, Donna, you talked, you know, kind of the, you made the distinction of like the downstream practices and the mm-hmm. upstream um, based on kind of our personality. You mentioned the Enneagram, um, talk a little bit about that and it kind of, you know, the Enneagram in general, kind of di- this process of discovering who you are, how you kind of operate, but even that, the distinction between the downstream and the upstream and what you've kind of begun to discover yourself and trying to, to move upstream and trying different things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's like the long wandering prayer thing is something that I just kind of discovered and, um, yeah, the, the not the concentrated solitude and listening for God, but just kind of letting my mind wander, I realize is very helpful for me. Um, and I think as much as I like structure in a lot of things, I just don't like structure in my devotional life, which mm. I don't know if that's, you know, I don't know if that's a rebellious thing. I don't know what that is, but I've never been able to sustain a daily quiet time or a Bible reading time. Um, so when when I did the Enneagram class and saw these, like, the upstream and the downstream practices, it was like, huh, that's interesting because, you know, the nature walks was the primary downstream, and I already know that, that that's a good thing for me. And then the, the upstream practices were the Bible reading plan and fixed hour prayer, which I absolutely hate. <laughs> and then it made me start thinking about, like, fasting, which is another practice that I absolutely hate. Hmm. Um, but the thing that I've learned about fasting and read about, and I've only done it a few times a long time ago when, you know, we did those fasting things here at church and I had to sign up for it. And <laughs> because I was on staff, I had to be an example <laughs> and do it. Um, but I learned that, um, you know, that if I didn't eat, I wouldn't die. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> I used to think <laughs> like, like if I was out, you know, running errands and doing stuff. Oh, I'm hungry. I better eat something or I'm going to die. <laughs> and so I learned <laughs> in fasting is that you can be hungry all day and and you're okay. <laughs> you won't um, die. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the thing about fasting is that you learn that your body's not in control and that you can control your body and you don't always have to do the things your body tells you to do. 
Um, and I think that for me, the whole Bible reading plan is that, is, is that I don't want to do that. And my body doesn't feel like doing that. I don't feel like picking up my Bible. I don't feel like reading this now, but I can override that and choose to do it anyways. And I think that's the mm. value of spiritual practices is, is you learn that you can make choices even though you don't want to. You don't have to let your body or your feelings control what you do. Um, so even if I do the Bible reading plan and I just do the Bible reading and don't really get anything out of it for that day because I'm rushing through it, the making the choice to do it, I think, means something. Um, so I think that's the value of the upstream practice is that you learn that you can make choices even though you don't feel like it, even though you don't want to. And that helps you in the other areas of temptation and of daily life that you can make choices that are hard. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just the idea of centering ourselves on God, right? There's, mm-hmm. you know, there's a heart component, a faith component, but there's kind of this daily choosing component. Mm-hmm. And each of us kind of asking ourselves, like, what are those things that I can do, should do in order to do it? Right. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so hard, right? Because if it feels like somebody else is telling us to do it, yeah. Or there's some kind of shame built into it or yeah. guilt built into it. Our, our natural reaction, I think all of us, right, is like, no, I, I, yeah. I don't want to do it. Can't yeah, tell I, me what to do. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> but getting to a point where, you know, we ourselves recognize, like, you know, we want this for ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we talked about all the reasons why it's beneficial. Then there's there's a li- it's a little bit different perspective, right, uh, of choosing mm-hmm to do those things, right? Because no one told you to subscribe on that email to yeah. get Bible passages sent to you every day. So when you get that email, it's not like you're getting mad at anybody, mm-hmm. right? Because it's nobody, yeah. but it's you. You know, like, oh yeah, I, I subscribe to it. Mm. And I think that taking that initiative for each of us and with that freedom and permission to, yeah, kind of, what are those things for you? And to begin to try to implement it without pressure from somebody else right but just mm-hmm. because for our own our own lives basically right our own, our own soul to, mm-hmm. to do those things mm-hmm. yeah yeah i like that that paradigm a lot of upstream and downstream and i feel like it's it's good to have both right because you also need the downstream ones that mm-hmm. are just like e- easier mm-hmm. i mean not necessarily easy but easier and that really like kind of give you life in the most mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like in an immediate way, mm-hmm. and it's gratifying yeah. so that, you know, you can see why you need the upstream practices. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I feel like for a lot of people, they're only thinking about a few practices that are probably upstream for mm-hmm. most yes. people. Mm-hmm. And if you never like hear, like, there's all these options for how to connect with God and center yourself on God. And you just have to find like one or two of those that are downstream practices for you. And you know, continue to make the other ones something you try. Yeah. That's that's huge. And I think, again, it goes back to what we said. It's just trial and error and exploring and uh, being intentional about it. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so good. Just that distinction and, uh, and not putting words in your mouth, but almost encouraging, giving us permission to find the downstream ones first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before attempting the upstream yeah. ones and in life mm-hmm. it's a, it's a rhythm and a cycle but you know if we're struggling and, and we haven't found those downstream ones mm-hmm. you know that's almost an invitation and permission to to find that thing that comes natural and easy first mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that you know eventually at a certain point 
you kind of according to kind of your timing when you feel to kind of attempt the upstream ones. Yeah. And, and that's such a powerful thing. And I, I, I knew about the distinction, but to kind of see that priority, I think yeah. would be so helpful for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. Because I think most people think of spiritual disciplines as something hard that I won't like, that's something I have to do because it's important, but I won't like it. Yeah, but to realize that there's something that will be good for you that you will really enjoy, you know, that's a good, yeah, good thing to aim for. Well, and that, like, it doesn't have to look exactly like someone else's, Mm, too. Like, your downstream practice can be totally unique to you, Mm -hmm. you know, and obviously there are, like, you know, things that it needs to incorporate, but, you know, like, I think that's the beauty of it is there's so many different ways to pray or to mm-hmm. incorporate scripture or to listen for God. Like there's not just like, you know, choose one of these three things. It's like you can find something and continue to tailor it and change it and adapt it so that it's really as meaningful as possible mm-hmm. for you while still preserving the intent of it. Yeah. One of the things I start doing this summer is, you know, this earlier this year I started to have ankle problems. So, I'm finding that I can't run anymore and walking on the concrete sidewalk is not as comfortable. So for me, walking on dirt trails is the best. And there's a trail at the Bolsa Chica Bird Refuge Wetlands Mm. area, which is three miles, which is like my perfect distance. It's all dirt and it's free parking, (laughs) which is Mm. primary for me is not having to pay for it. (laughs) Um, So I would go there like sometimes once a week or a couple times a week and just walk and listen to music or or just think or sit on the benches and just, and it got to where, like, just when I parked and I got out of the car and there's all the water, it just, I would just feel good. Just like, oh, God is here. You know, mm. I feel God's presence just being here. Um, and that was such a good thing to discover just because, you know, my ankle was having problems, you know. So mm-hmm. it's like God led me to that. And it was just such a refreshing thing for me. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, kind of on that note, the idea of a downstream practice and kind of discovering it, kind of what would be the, your general advice? Like, okay, hey, I, I love the idea of downstream practice and finding what that is for me. Where should I start? What should I, what does that even mean? You know, so kind of in the, in the bare minimum kind of thing, like what would you encourage? Like, hey, go try this what would you say? I feel like, no, you go for You're going to say something. <laughs> Definitely go first. <laughs> My only thought was to think of what you really enjoy and how mm. that could be a conduit for God to work. Um, one of the things when I go on my solitude retreats, like sometimes people go to the monasteries or, you know, places where they unplug and they eat like, really simple foods and stuff. And I go to this really nice motel. Sounds like you love that. (laughs) (laughs) That's not my thing. I go to this nice motel. I find these really great places to eat. I just enjoy the food. Mm. I enjoy just like the soft bed and the pillows and everything. And um, yeah, so it's kind of finding the things that you enjoy and making them, you know, a place to receive God and to feel God's presence. And for Brandon, it's running. And for me, it's like being in gardens or at the ocean or somewhere nice and, feeling pampered not so much you know in some you know monastery type place but but feeling pampered and and like loved which is you know god's presence for me is Mm. just feeling that love Mm. so yeah just starting with what do you really enjoy and what makes you feel god's presence 
I should have gone first. No, I have nothing <laughs> to say. No, I, I totally agree, right? Like, like it's probably going to be something that's deeply connected to who you mm-hmm. are and, and the things that you like to do. And um, I feel like in a lot of ways, it's just figuring out how, how to meet God in that space. You know, yeah. I didn't, when I started running, it wasn't because I, you know, that was something that connected me to God. It was because I was 50 pounds overweight <laughs> and I had to start running and I kept on doing it. And then slowly I was like, Oh, I, I, I enjoy running more when I listen to worship music. Mm. And then, Oh man, like this is, if I'm really intentional, then I, I can pray and I can listen for, for God. And if these moments where I, I really experience him and, you know, it's been 15 years of running to the point where I feel like I've, I finally have a sense of, of how this is, you know, really meaningful for me. And, um, but yeah, I think, I think it's hard cause you don't want to just like chase good feelings, but I think you're right in that, like you want to find things that, that bring you joy and like just remind you of, of God's goodness and blessing. And again, like whether it's, you know, sitting, having a, a cup of coffee and, um, being outside or whether it's reading a you know a really interesting book reading scripture like i think god god meets us in ways that are deeply connected to who we are and what we like to do and how we process things and so you know if you don't like reading (laughs) then you know like probably sitting down and reading five chapters of scripture a day isn't going to be your downstream practice Mm -hmm. you know and and acknowledging that and being okay with that and not giving up on that, but maybe saying, ah, I'm going to try something else. It's probably a good idea. I think what's most rewarding for me is that whenever I do my solitude time, I feel God's love. I feel like God is telling me, I am delighted with you. And like, that's what makes me want to do it. It's not, you know, this is hard and I don't really like this. It's feeling God's presence and his love. Um, and I think God is delighted when we seek to spend time with him. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks. Thank you both for sharing, and I definitely resonate. Where I think that would be a great starting point: find something you enjoy doing, and create some space to think about God mm-hmm. as a starting point. You know, and kind of how that begins to in- navigate, and what it might lead to, and what experiences you begin to feel. And I mean, you know, that's part of the adventure. But to find what you enjoy, think about God, would be a great start. You know, for yeah. someone who's searching for that. All right. Well, as we kind of wrap up our time here, is there anything uh, either of you would like to, to add or say about anything? Nope. I think that's it. Yeah, I got nothing else. All right. Well, thank you both for being here. You're welcome. Yeah, that was fun. Good to be back. <laughs> yeah. More to come. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs>